2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm reading verses 4 to 6. New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 6. The New Living Translation. Verse 4 says, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can listen, comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I'm reading the Bible. For the more, oh why? For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God, listen, will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles. Anybody weighed down with troubles? Come on. The Bible says, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. Again, I want to talk around the subject, and this is part three. Hurt people become wounded healers. Hurt people. Anybody other than me been hurt? Hurt people become wounded healers. We've been talking about people that are hurting other people and people that have been hurt by other people for the past two weeks. Do I have a witness? And neither you or I want to waste the lessons we have learned concerning our being wounded by other people and from our seemingly negative life circumstances. Remember, I'm talking about hurt people becoming wounded healers. You need to understand when I talk about not wasting your pain. I heard a preacher talking this morning how there's so many professing Christians that do not choose to obey the word of God. I'm talking about Christians. They hear the word. They know the address of the word. But they do not obey the word if it does not fit in with their feelings and what they become adjusted or how they become adjusted or used to doing things the way they want to do them. They dismiss God's word as if that's some kind of bondage. You're just telling me that because you don't want me to do what I know to do. God says that's the whole problem. You're doing what you want to do in spite of what I want you to do and how I want you to do it. God is not against moving forward. But he is against if you call yourself one of his in moving forward your own way and not his. Because it's not your name on the line. It's his name on the line. I don't know who God is talking to. You're doing your thing. You say you keep on trying to suppress. No, God says you are doing it your way. God says it's not your will, not your way. It's my will and my way. Do I have a witness in here? I'm talking about hurt people becoming wounded healers. 
Understand there are various types of pain. Pastor Rick Warren had to endure the pain of a son who committed suicide. Amen, somebody. And he said that I can endure pain if I see a purpose in it. And remember, we already said that everything that happens in your life and mine, whether we like it or not, has purpose. Amen, somebody. All of the troubles, all of the setbacks, everything that we go through and that I, I, I don't want to go through has purpose. Sadly to say, most people squander their suffering. They don't profit from their problems. They never learn from their losses and are unable to advance from their adversity or gain from their pain. Rick Warren pointed out suffering could make believers become more like Christ. But there are those that say, I'll do go as far as I choose to go. You might want to go further on in Christ, but I choose not to go any further. And I want to caution somebody or somebody's in here and out there this morning. It's not bad news. It's, it's the right news. God will never bless you going independent of him. He will never bless you going independent and doing something your way to get something done the way you think it should be done. You will never be blessed. And what happens, the enemy stirs that up and then gets you to turn around and get angry with God because you did God's thing halfway. It's no halfway. It's all the way or no way. Similarly, God wants us, his people, to use our pain to draw closer to him. Am I right about it? I said, don't waste your pain. Think about it. You're going through all this hell forever how long you've been going through. And God said it's purpose for that. And after, after, listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself, <laughs> but pain will not last forever. And for those of us who are hurting from whatever, listen, or whoever, you need to remember at least two things about pain. I don't know who God is talking to this morning, but listen up. If you're going through something, if you've been going through, if you're looking to get out of it, you need to remember at least two things about pain. Number one, Pain has an expiration date. Y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me say that again. Yeah, yeah. Your pain, right. your troubles, you said I've been going through for three years. I said it has an expiration date. You said I've been going through for six years. It has an expiration date. You said I've been going through for 15 years. It has an expiration date. You said I've been going through it all my life. It still has an expiration date. God is not lax in what he promised. If we're still going through, it has purpose and it's a reason. And we can't always say it's because God has taken too long. God might be saying, I've been waiting on you for three years, for six years, for 12 years, for 15 years, for all of your life up to this point. I said it has an expiration date. Romans 8.18 says, the New Living Translation, yet what we suffer now is nothing 
God, you saying that? What you're going through now, God said, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. God said that what you're going through now, that seems like God is insensitive. No, the hell that you're going through now is nothing compared to what I got for you. When Paul says what we suffer now, he's talking about the inward battle with sin and the outward battle with a broken world. Nevertheless, all the suffering brought to you and me by inward and outward battles cannot begin to compare to what is yet to come. We said it before, the best is yet to come. How many of us believe, other than me believe that this morning? The best is yet to come. But not only does our pain have an expiration date, somebody better listen up to God. You better listen because the enemy's already trying to stir up some mess in your mind now. He's trying to get you to say, listen, I didn't heard that, this, that, and the other. But God says, listen, without faith is impossible to please him. And if you go half-tested, half-faith, and all that kind of stuff, God says, you're not pleasing me. And sometimes the reason we haven't got the uh, uh, conclusion to the matter is because we're halfway in. And God said, I'm waiting till you get fully committed. Oh, my God. They used to have a song out years ago, fully committed. You, you, you got to at least be working towards full commitment. Not only does God have an expiration date for our pain, but again, he has purpose. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. You ought to be taking notes or writing it down, but don't write it down and take notes if you're going to disregard it. Amen, somebody. To whom much is given, much more is required. Stop taking notes if you're not going to do what the notes tell you to do. Stop talking about I'm seeking God and trusting God if you are not seeking and trusting God. Amen, somebody. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, In his kindness, New Living Translation, in his kindness, God called you to listen, share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. This point, this part of it really gets to me, but I believe God in it. So after you have suffered a little while, to make a little while? Come on. Anybody ever scratch your head? Little while? You, you mean the last five years? Little while? Is God talking to somebody this morning? After you have suffered a little while, he will listen. Here's what he's going to do. I'm reading the Bible. He will restore. He will support and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. I just read the Bible. After you have suffered for the while you're suffering, this is my version, he's going to restore you. He's going to support you. He's going to strengthen you. And he's got a place for you on a firm foundation. Am I right about it? Then remember this. If God didn't spare Jesus... Because I know some people are complaining here. If God didn't spare his only one-of-a-kind son from the pain that he had to go through for you and me, what makes you think you and I ought to just get through free? If he didn't spare his only one-of-a-kind son who was not guilty, by the way, you and I are guilty of something. 
<laughs> Some people say, I don't like that pre because you make it makes me conv it convicts me. Conviction is good if it causes change. Come on, somebody. Conviction bothers you if you don't plan on doing anything with the conviction. Notice the secret of every winner and every overcomer, whatever your station in life, whether in business, finance, relationships, the secret is the operative word resilience. The operative word is resilience. What does that mean, somebody? Resilience means the capacity to recover sooner than later from your difficulties. God wants some resilient believers. Hello, somebody. Somebody that's not going to stay down. If God can pick you up, why are you still down? I believe some people refuse to allow God to pick them up. They wallow in their misery. They get comfortable in their misery. They get comfortable and, and complacent in their station and they forget that God says you go through the valley. You don't park and take up residence in the valley. Resilience. The ability to bounce back from setbacks or failure. The secret of a person's resilience. Here we go. Y'all can say Pastor Point is teaching. I hope my teaching is not in vain. The secret to your resilience in mind is perspective. Yeah. It's how you view or see your situation. Some of us see our situation is never going to get better. Stop trying to look at somebody else to get better. You can be better if the other person is not better. We stop. To, you got to stop looking for somebody else to change. Give him a hold over to God. God says, I want you to change. I want you to move from bitter to better. Am I right about it? From bitter to better. You need to view your pain not as a sign of permanent defeat and hopelessness, but you need to view your pain your woundedness, listen, as an opportunity to demonstrate strength and perseverance in the hands of an awesome God. How many of us know we serve an awesome God? An awesome God. See, our personal pain, God wants to channel that through us to bless somebody else. Y'all listen to what I said the title of this message is. Hurt people becoming wounded healers. See, let God heal your pain. Let him recycle it. Yet let him utilize it and use it to bless other people. You, God wants us to use our pain as a model for your message and a witness to the world. How is that person, how is Pastor Pointer, how is other people <clears throat> hanging in there with all of this trouble all over? I'm going to let y'all in on a secret, which is really not a secret. I talked to a pastor the other day. I won't mention his name. He wouldn't want me to. 
got a big church, thousand people or more. He said to me, point, that's what he called me. How you coming up with your church, man? How's your church coming along? He was really checking me to see if I was going to lie. He said, everything's booming. It was a setup there. You know, I knew it. I'm a wise man. I said, my brother, people are starting to come back, but there's still more people that have decided never coming back. They're going to watch for, he said, man, I just wanted to hear. He said, it's the same thing at my church. He's got a lot of people. He said, but some folk have gotten over the last two years so comfortable. We're eating bacon and bag, bacon and eggs in bed. While saying they resting up for Monday work. They've decided that they're not going to come back to church no more. And the enemy say, I got you. God says, I want folk to see you overcoming. He said, point, I talked to another pastor. Got about 20,000 people. And that pastor said, I know half the people ain't coming back. It's all over. Stop letting the devil make you think that ABC is the only thing not happening. It's not happening down the street, up the street, across the street, over the street. Stop trying to let the, let the enemy make you think that everybody else is booming. And guess what? There are people taking what we learned here at Abyssinia in other places. That it ain't going on. We doing some stuff. How do I know? Because of you, 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 you. <laughs> Abyssinia got some quality people. How many of us know that? Because you are. Y'all want me to call your name out? We got quality people, just like others. God wants you to use your pain as a model for you, a message and a witness to the world. You got to remember, in order to touch other people, you got to be honest with God, yourself, and other people. But wait a minute. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna like, y'all know this is gonna be. I was talking, I uh, listened to uh, Dr. Stanley this day, uh, this morning. He's on part four or five of a message. This is only part three. So, Pastor Point is right in line. You don't rush stuff that people need to hear. You, you talk about a, a medical doctor. God is a doctor, Jesus. And he has a word for his people. And you need to take the prescription. You need to take the medicine. Some of us come on medicine taste. Ah, but you got to take your medicine. And then you feel better. What does it say on the bottle every four, six, eight hours? That means you might have to wake up. I don't know who God is talking to. You got to take your medicine. You got to wake up from where you are. Stop sleeping on the word of God. Wake up and take your medicine. Not just a hearer, but a doer of God's word. I don't know who God is talking to. Got too many people know all this word and ain't doing nothing. And then blaming God. Because you won't do what 
God says, I prescribed for you to do. Well, how come she got nothing to do with her, him, the other person? God said, I'm talking to you. I said, wait a minute. In order to be able to touch other people, you need to be honest with God, yourself, and others. But also, y'all ain't going to like this, you need to be vulnerable. Wow. Vulnerable. Dang. I'm already vulnerable. Vulnerable means being uh, open or available for God to place you in a position of stress, emotional attack, and even criticism and being wounded by folk that tell you they love you all the time. You know some of your worst uh, critics are people that sit in church with you? Y'all don't know. Oh, Abbasid, y'all don't know that? Some of your worst critics are people that in the church. You become a hot topic on the phone. I don't know how many phones I done probably burned up. I don't know how many phones that Pastor Pointer Chantella has burned up when people talking. I love him. I love you, Pastor, and go out and burn me up. But I don't care. God says, Jesus said, take a ticket and stand in line. If they talked about Jesus, what do you think they're going to do about me and you? Don't forget that trouble won't last always. Anybody ever heard Timothy Wright sing a song? He said, I'm so glad troubles don't last always. He said, may not come, he may not come when you want him, but he's on time. In times of trouble, I find him to be a friend of mine. When storm clouds rise in your life, he'll be there. All your burdens, I know the Lord will bear. Take the time to listen. Weeping may endure for a night, but keep the faith. It's going to be all right. How many of us believe that? Troubles don't last always. It won't last because this is my version. Jesus Christ will outlast. Amen. That's Timothy Wright and Pastor Point on the end. I'm talking about hurt people becoming wounded healers. We already said that hurt people are harassed people, unappreciated people, rejected people, tested people. Y'all remember I said the H harassed people have to deal with aggressive pressures or intimidation. Unappreciated people are people whose value is not recognized or rewarded. Rejected people are people that are discarded, thrown away for lack of better words. Rejection destroys your self-esteem if you allow it to. And rejection is one of the most common tools that the enemy will use to destroy your life and mine if we allow it. But then there's the last thing, tested people. 
And being tested, anybody other than me being tested has been. God has specific purpose for your test in mind. And you need to understand that when God tests us, it's a test to empower us. Not only to endure the test, but to find joy in the midst of your tests. Testing can feel like a negative thing. Anybody have ever have had to take a test in school? But testing isn't designed to be negative. The test is designed to bless you and to bring out the best in you. And you won't pass your tests if you haven't studied. You won't pass your tests if you don't look at the book. You won't pass your tests if you don't trust the one who's given the tests. You won't pass your tests if you cry and give up before the tests. Somebody said the men went in the fire, but they had a promise from the Lord that I'll never leave nor forsake you. I don't know who God is talking to this morning, but you got to go in the fire. And when you get in the fire, you'll find out there's somebody else in the fire with you. His name is Jesus. His name is a name of power. His name is a name of provision. His name is a name that will heal. His name is a name that will deliver. His name is an assault against the devil and his demons. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. I wouldn't have known how awesome my God is until I was tested. I passed the test. Then there's another test. I'm walking in the test. I'm walking through the test. But I'm not alone. Because my Jesus, my Jesus is with me. Am I right about it? I'm going to finish this up, Reverend Point, and come back again. But hurt people, it's a way to become wounded healers. Hurt people are prime candidates to become wounded healers. God couldn't use you the way he's using you or wants to use you until you had been hurt, until you're being hurt. It's because in your pain, you learn how to trust him. Am I right about it? What is a wounded healer? Wounded healers are people whose painful experience enable them to help somebody else. Wounded healers, listen, are good listeners. They are empathetic. They're accepting and resourceful. And they're obedient to God. 
Wounded healers look at their experiences as opportunities to give God glory, praise, and honor. I love talking to people that think I'm down and out and they want to hear a sad story from me. Pastor Pointer, how you making it at that poor church? Poor church? Poor church? I beg your difference. Poor church? What do you call poor? Brick and mortar? Stones? I'm talking about the richness of God's mercy and grace inside of me. Can I get a witness? Ah, they say, how you making it? 26 years? And they can't do this, that, or the other? But I have fun talking to people who think I'm on the downside. I said, uh, my brother and sisters, you need to know that God has bought me and is bringing me and my family a mighty long way. He may not be there all the time when I want him to, but he's never, 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 ever late. I'm not going to tell all my secrets, uh, but I'm going to say that God knows how to get something to me. I know it's not all about money, but money is about it too. What it does, he'll touch your heart and your heart and your heart and your heart out there. And guess what? When he touches your heart and I get what your heart gave me, then I can give back to you and you and you and you and you and I can give a testimony that the Lord is good. His mercies endures forever. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Honey, I ain't going to tell it all, but we had a 30-year mortgage on one house. We would have been finished a mortgage about 15 years ago, but we got another house, another 30 years, Roni. But now I'm down about four more years to go. And it'll be over. Talk, it'll be over. You know why? It's the Lord. 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 I don't know about you, but I'm trusting him. Lean not into your own understanding, but trust the Lord, and he'll give you, he'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll direct you. Why? Because you are a wounded healer. I wounded you that you will let somebody else know that God is able. I said he's able. He's able. He's able to keep me from falling and present me faultless with the promises that he gave me. I said he's all right. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Say yeah, say yeah, 
Say yeah. Woo! Give God some praise up in here. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God will use wounded, your pain, your wounds, so that you might become a wounded healer. I hope I'm not boring you guys with these parts, but I got some other parts because I'm not going to leave you hanging. I want you to know what you need to do to become a wounded healer. I got some points here. Daughter-in-law, I got some points. This is what you need to have in place to be a wounded healer. You need to know that where the wounded healer came from. Who brought that up? Why? What's the purpose of it? We're all like the blind beggar in the Bible. But the beggar knew who to call on. I ain't no beggar. That's what's the problem now. You're prideful. You need to know who to go to when you need to get to somebody. All of us are wounded or blind beggars. And it's not always a good thing to ignore every beggar, y'all. People used to tell me, Pastor, all he do is beg. The human fleshly side said, I take issue with that. God says, don't take issue. I've got people in here that are listening. I got it through them to get it to you and to the church. It's not just about Pastor Point, it's about ABC. Hello, somebody. We all look good. Or we all look bad. This is our house. It's the Lord's house, but we're the stewards of the house. Am I right about it? How many other than me know that God's got this thing under control? How many of us know that Minister Presley don't have to keep worrying if she's why God's got you, daughter, and your husband, and you, 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 and you. Don't ignore, and I can't give you these numbers yet, because it'll take you some time, and y'all have turned me off. Yeah. Stand on our feet if you can. On your feet. The doors are open. And I just want to ask, is there a beggar in here this morning who has a need for the Lord? Is there a beggar who has a need to deliver your wayward children or your child? Is there a beggar in here that needs their marriage restored? Is there a beggar in need for healing in your body? Out there. Is there a need to bless your finances? 
to bend the men a broken relationship? What about a need to heal a wounded heart? Is there someone who has a need to be able to forgive somebody that's hurt you? Jesus will always show his compassion and mercy, y'all. But first and foremost, God wants you to have a relationship with his son. Jesus said, if you want to go to heaven, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone has sinned. Everyone, pulpit to the door, sailing to the floor, has fallen short of the glory of God. God wants us in heaven with him. But heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Maybe you're the one that God is talking about. You've been ignoring his word. Stop talking about your brother or your sister. You can't talk them up. Stop talking them down. God knows you're angry and frustrated. Stop taking frustrations out on each other. Cry out to God and he will answer. Somebody here not saved. You need to be saved. Just repeat this prayer. If you haven't already done it. And you want to be saved. Out there. In here. Dear Lord I know that I'm a sinner. And I cannot save myself. I accept your son the Lord Jesus Christ. As my personal savior. From this day forward, Memorial Day weekend, I surrender my life to Jesus. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me another chance. Lord, I say yes to your will. Yes to your word. And yes to your way. If you said that prayer in here or out there, and those who heard that, let's give celebration for God's word we know will not return void. Second call, I'm almost done. You're saved, but you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open to you. In here or out there. There's ways to get contact with us. And if you're here, you need to come on down. You need to belong to somebody's church. Third and last call. You're already saved. You already have a church home, but you can be a backslider. You're struggling with doing what God would want you to do. You need to come back. Why are you holding out? The enemy wants to turn you everywhere but loose. God says, I want to use you. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We acknowledge your peace, your presence, and your lordship. Even now, God, we give all of this congregation and those that are viewing over to you. Those of us that have been wounded, we know it has an expiration date, the pain and the agony, the trauma, but it also has purpose. Use us, God to your glory, praise, and honor and give us what we need to stand up under the pressure. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us another chance. Bless this congregation. 
Bless these people under the sound of my voice. Meet them at their point of need. Touch, heal, deliver, convict, convince, and convert. We say yes to your will, yes to your word, and yes to your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray with thanksgiving always. Let all of God's people, I said all of God's people, say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. And we are dismissed. Give God some praise. Give somebody a hug.